doing it's good old Gabe here. Saturday, September 7th at the Lawndale Arts Center. I will be tabling at ZineFest Houston. What is a ZineFest, you might ask? Well, remember, oh, maybe you don't. Since you're listening to a podcast, you might have aged out of this whole scene. But um, back in the day, maybe you lived in a big city and you went to the park on the weekend and you would see this uh, crazy person screaming out of a bullhorn and maybe he had a couple flunkies handing out pamphlets uh, about the coming apocalypse. Well, those pamphlets that they were handing out would be considered zines. They're handmade, hand-printed, self-published booklets, not just about the impending doom facing our planet, but they really could be about any subject. Um, they're... I have a zine about, uh, it's it's a cookbook that someone made, several of them actually. Um, some people make comics, uh, some people publish their short stories, or just a collection of their own thoughts that you can hand off to someone for a measly sum of money, usually enough to cover printing. Uh, the zines that I sell are art books, basically, you know, I keep track of everything that I that I draw and I put them in this book when I have enough things drawn. Um, and they're always full color and you always get something extra, you know. It's never just about the zines. It's about, for me, like, it's a whole package of things. Because I've never been about, you know, just doing one thing and doing it well. I have to uh, throw in some free, you know, stickers, buttons, magnets, whatever, you know. That's where... Uh, Lone Star Buttons comes in. Usually, uh, Adam is kind enough to uh, help me out with that stuff. This year, um, I am I don't <laughs> I don't work in the same place I used to, so I don't have a, a free printing source. So I had to do what I could. Uh, reached out to a friend of mine, and uh, he helped get these things made, and uh, they will be included in the packaging. Three magnets your refrigerator or whatever metal surface you want to put them on. I'm pretty happy with it. I'm borderline proud. Uh, it's a book about a series of dolls I collect. Uh, in the 60s, they were called uh, action figures, um, called Captain Action. And uh, basically, it's this uh, adventure type guy, and you could buy his costume separately and uh, dress him up as, like, Buck Rogers, uh, the Phantom, the Green Hornet. You know, they, they made this uh, this series of toy in 1966, uh, so it's, like, really fucking cool and very unique for the time. They also included in the line um, Captain America and Spider-Man and Batman and Superman. But to me, the crown jewels of the line were, you know, the Phantom and Green Hornet, Buck Rogers. They also made a Flash Gordon, and uh, Aquaman's pretty cool, but, you know, it was stuff that really don't see toy companies paying too much attention to these days and uh man they were just really unique um they competed with uh gi joe at the time anyway i'm getting off topic or maybe i'm just dragging this out a little too long uh <laughs> yeah so come to zine fest it's gonna be fun you're gonna see a lot of crazy not crazy but you know unique stuff um people expressing themselves on paper in booklet form so this is uh, Saturday, September 7th at Lawndale Art Center. Uh, that's at 4912 Main Street, Houston, Texas. It is free to attend, 
and it is from 12 to 6 p.m. Got it? All right. I would love to see you there. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by LoneStarButtons.com. If you have something to promote, maybe a business or maybe you have an event coming up or maybe a project that you're doing and you want something to hand out so people will remember their experience, check out LoneStarButtons.com. Um, they manufacture buttons in different sizes and shapes. They also do magnets, bottle openers, and mirrors. If you want to place an order, you can email info at LoneStarButtons.com or you can call the owner, Adam Stimpy Jones, at 281-798-1996. Use the coupon code, I want to suck on your hairy tits, and get some buttons thrown in for free. We're also brought to you by Jessica Dieter, agent of insurance. Is that getting annoying yet? Because... I'm not even close to stopping. Uh, so, if you live in the state of Texas, Jessica Dieter can shop your insurance for you at any time. It doesn't matter if you just signed up for insurance yesterday, you know? Uh, she can compare your policy to other policies that are out there that are apples to apples, uh, meaning they're completely even across the board, but she's going to shop for a better price. And she can shop your home insurance, flood insurance, auto insurance, or renter's insurance. She's under the Gibraltar Insurance Services, so she's kind of a big deal, if you know what I mean. Uh, You can call her at 281-607-5263. Mention this ad and you might get me some extra huggies and kissies, which I need. Uh, I'm not desperate for them, because, you know, it is what it is. Uh, what else? If you want to take part in the show, that being sending in friend questions, maybe some stories you want us to cover, or maybe a topic that we are lacking in, um, email us at rotwpodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. That being said, coming to you pre-recorded live from Atomic Age Studio A in beautiful Pasadena, Texas. It's the Revenge of the World podcast with your host, me, Gabe, Google Me Dieter, and bitchin' Brennan Birch. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to episode 148 of Revenge of the World Podcast. I'm your host, Gabe. Google me Dieter, and I'm here as always with Bitchin' Brennan Birch. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, Bitchin' Brennan Birch? Oh, nothing much. I'm I'm trying to get my gut under control. Oh yeah? That's that's been Oh yeah. You've lost two and a half yeah, pounds. I've lost like two pounds, man. Like and the great thing about it is I've done it primarily with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that, Brennan. <laughs> it, it it turns out if you uh you know drink a six pack of beer you know three times a week, it's like eating a lot of bread. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. true. And it, and it starts making a little donut around your on your gut your gut there. Well, maybe if you had your own personal skate park to go to, you could work some of that off. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, I've been actually I've, I have been skating more. Uh, uh-huh. I have yes. Uh, so uh, yeah, like. You know, me and Jess are kind of working together on this. We're both looking to, you know, shed a few pounds. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we started kind of... You caught it early. How long have you been together? Uh, It'll be two years in January. Well, 
me and my just have been around a little longer yeah. together and uh the first thing we did was gain weight <laughs> yeah 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 that, that was like yeah it's like it happens yeah whenever you're you're just like hanging out and we spent a lot of time hanging out on the couch like the first year and a half of our relationship yeah so you know it's, love fluff yeah you're, you're just you're sitting around you're watching movies you're ordering pizza and yeah just it's not good <laughs> so yeah. or is it <laughs> well yeah the results aren't good, but yeah, the fun times. Yeah, it's fun. It's a good yeah. time, but man, you're going to die. So, uh, yeah, we, we've been, you know, kind of changing our diet around and, you know, cut basically cut out all bread and all sugar. Yeah. And, you know, haven't been drinking any beer, which was at first, you know, difficult. But then I discovered White Claw. <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, I, I've heard, I've heard about White Claw. Yeah. Uh. And I've heard people disparage White Claw about, you know, who drinks it most. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, like, bro-y garbage. But you know who, yeah. like, goes to the gym? Bros. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Most of them are pretty, you know, thin dudes. Yeah. So, yeah. They, they get it right every now and then. You know, uh, even a broken clock is right twice a day. So, there well, you go. Well, you missed my segue. Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about your project that you started with uh, funding a skate park. Oh, like, I didn't start that. Who did? No, that, that was just, like, some random person on... Uh, well, you were promoting it. I yeah, thought, yeah, yeah. I thought it was you that started. I was no, like, oh I, shit. It just, let me let me donate to this. Yeah, whenever you like share these uh those like petitions or whatever on the internet, like it puts your name on it. But yeah, there's they're working on um there's I don't even know who this person is, but they're trying to get it together to like get a better skate park built for Pasadena because I think there's only one park. I've never actually been to it, but apparently it's pretty run down. Hmm. And yeah, that's you know skateboarding's pretty big. It's about to be an Olympic sport. Yeah, know? let's build the kids a park. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Uh, I was reading in the comments. Uh, the Strawberry Park Pavilion was brought up. Yeah, I brought that up actually. What um, What was that pavilion built for? You know, I really don't know. I mean, like, the- it's such a unique uh, architectural setup, right? Like, it seems like it could have been like almost a, a stage. Yeah, well, the- for you know, lawn seating or whatever. Well, the place that people skate, there's like these like three tiered risers that are like kind of curved around the side of the pavilion. You know, that's that's been like the skate spot, at least. I mean, since I've been skateboarding in the 90s, I've known, but even before that. Yeah. And um, yeah, so, you know, what I suggested was that we take half of the pavilion that people already skate and have already destroyed anyway, you know, and just fix up the little broken parts on the ledges and then, you know, make some stuff on the ground level, make it nice, you know, pave it good and keep the other half so that people can still have their quinceanera practice on the other side. Oh, is that what it's used Th- for? That's what people do. That's what people do there, you know? Oh, okay. It's like, if, if you're not there skateboarding, or you're not some random kid from the park, you're probably there, you know... With the pra- ghetto blaster. Yeah, practicing for your 15, uh, you know? Throwing down some moves. Yeah. All and, right. you know, so I say, you know, keep that side, and let the side that doesn't have the part that people skate, you know, let people do their thing, and then, you know, build a little fence, divide it in half, make the ground nice, put some ledges in, make it a skate spot, you know, make a little skate plaza. Wouldn't cost as much money as building a new park, and, you know... It's already a pre-existing thing, a place that people go. It's in a city park. It's well lit. You know, it's, it's, it seems like kind of a no brainer, you know? Yeah. Well, I think if the city built it, they would have to have liability on it, you know? Well, I mean, other parks, it's, they just build a park. It's fine. You know, Hmm. they build a skate park. They put up a sign that says, use it to your own risk and kind of golden. Oh, okay. You know? Huh. Interesting. I mean, some people go a little more overboard and they actually hire a pad nanny and which that like, that's what the downtown park does. And Hmm. In the spring park as well, but you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that that's really necessary. I know nothing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. People already assume the risk whenever you buy a skateboard. I think a pool is probably a lot more dangerous than a skateboard. Yeah, maybe definitely. Even I mean, you could parts. die. Yeah, 
You can drown. I guess you could die on a skate park, but... uh, eh, it's pretty difficult. You're more likely to be paralyzed than die. Uh, you, you might break a bone, but, you know, at, at the level that they're building, you know, or that, you know, I guess they're probably going to be able to afford to build. It's not going to be a, a real death trap, you know. Let's bring back comas. Bring back comas? <laughs> <laughs> no more dying. No more just dying. No more just checking out. Let's bring back comas. What year is it? <laughs> uh, What else is going on? Have you seen Mindhunter? Um, I watched part of the first season, and I, I did enjoy it. I just never got around to finishing it, because that's just how I watch TV. This is true. Yeah. Uh, the second season's very good. Very well done. It kept up with the first. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weirdest thing I've ever seen on television is, you know, they they recreated something historically somewhat accurate. I mean, they pulled from real life mm-hmm. and, and made their own story around it. But they, on the show, they interviewed Charles Manson. Right. And Charles Manson's swastika on his forehead yeah. was backwards. Hmm. I thought that was the strangest thing. Weird. Like, why would you put a Buddhist symbol <laughs> on yeah. Charles Manson? Because <laughs> that's basically what happened. Yeah. Uh, other than that, um, it was a really, really strong season. Hmm. Um, and I recommend it. Yeah. But that was fucking odd. Yeah. Like, you had pretty much the first black serial killer on the show. Yeah. Um, yet... <laughs> You found it necessary to turn the swastika around on Charles Manson's head. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. really weird. I don't know. I, I feel like we all pretty well know that Manson was racist. I think, I think you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why are we defending the, the honor of Charles Manson? <laughs> I, I'm just questioning the, uh, the production yeah. of the show, because that's just an odd choice to make. It's a very odd choice. Do, did that not exist? I mean, yeah. it's just weird. They've, and they, man, first season, they went fucking hardcore on some dark shit. Yeah. But the swastika, yeah. it was it was just so odd. Yeah. That, it, it kind of... It's a weird line. It was very distracting. It's a weird place to draw the line. It really was. Um, What else? Oh, have you tried the... Uh, What's it called? The Impossible Burger? Is that what it's called? No, I haven't. The Whopper? The, the uh, Vegetarian Whopper at uh, Burger King? I have not, no. I've had four of them. Since it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they try to play it off like, oh, I can't taste that the meat is missing. Right. Bullshit. <laughs> I call bullshit on that. Mm-hmm. But it's a bean patty. Yeah. It's a vegetarian burger patty. Uh, well, I remember like Burger King had a veggie Whopper a long time ago. I don't know if they still have it, but it was actually pretty good. It's really good. Yeah, it's, it's like not bad. But it's not meat. No, I mean it like doesn't... I mean like the like the just the veggie burger they used to have. I don't know about the current one, but the old one was pretty good. I mean, this is just a complete Whopper duplicate, except yeah, the just... patty is a vegetarian patty, mm-hmm. and it's not bad. It's if you like a Whopper, chances are you're gonna like this thing. Right. I mean, but just don't expect <laughs> the grilled beef patty. Yeah. Uh, that's all that's missing, mm-hmm. and it makes you think. Um, since the Brazilian rainforest is burning. For, yeah. To make room to for cattle grazing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you take meat out of your diet a, a couple days a week, you know, stuff like that won't be necessary. I don't think that that's necessary in the first place. They're that that's pure capitalism. Period. Yeah, it's I not mean, necessity. Try- it's not they're they're not trying to feed the world. They're trying to make money. You know. Well, yeah, but that that's because there's a demand for meat. Yeah, but you know, there's if the all- demand wasn't there, they wouldn't be burning it down. Yeah, but you know what? There's also a demand for oxygen. 
<laughs> There's a real demand but for we, oxygen. We don't pay for that, Brennan. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. It's until a matter of we time. Have canned air like yeah. on Spaceballs. Not until Elon Musk figures it out. There we go again. Anyway, <laughs> it's a good substitute. Tastes good. Yeah. Don't be a stick in the mud. I've, I've, I've <laughs> actually been meaning to buy some and like try and grill them at home and see if that. Because I, I feel like that's the real test. Yeah, just put some uh, animal fat on it. <laughs> Grill it up. I don't know. I'd be willing to buy like a new like griddle for my grill. Just start out completely clean and Mm -hmm. see it because that's the best test, you know. Because you know I've I've been cooking all kinds of different you know meat on there, Mm -hmm. so it's going to have an aftertaste of meat from cooking over that fire. Mm -hmm. So I think if you bought a new griddle and then grilled it there, that's how you would really know. Well, hey, uh, maybe that's the missing ingredient. (laughs) It's just all the animal char well, that's that th- you could put on your vegan burger. Well, that's the thing, though, is uh, that those Impossible Burgers that they're cooking at Burger King are not actually vegan because they cook them on the same riddle. Correct. That, so they're not, you know... Right. See, it's, that, that's not an accurate that might representation. Be the, that might be the way to go. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. But, I mean, that's a, that, I feel like the entire appeal is that it's a completely plant-based thing that supposedly duplicates this other thing. So I'm going to find out. You know okay. what? Well, satisfy I'll, your curiosity, but... I'll do it this weekend. I'll film it. Let's let's uh you should do a side by side and cook one on the the meat grill. <laughs> one and one. Okay. Um that, that's not a bad idea. All right. All right. Uh got anything else? Uh not really. Me either. Let's go some bleh, let's do some tinfold tirade. UFOs! See a ghost! Crazy unexplained shit. What do we got, Brennan? Um, first of all, I think you need to take a second to acknowledge who's been right about the format all this time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, it is true. I came up with the format change due to Jose's input. But uh, yeah, it did get a little mixed up the past couple episodes. <laughs> I'm not crazy! <laughs> Brennan did get very confused over that and i apologize okay i'm ready now all right (laughs) okay so the u.s prisons chief has been removed from his position after epstein's death we found our fall guy yay okay attorney general william barr removed the acting director of the bureau of prisons from his position on monday more than a week after the millionaire i thought he was a billionaire Hmm. it seems like they're they're, they kind of roll him back a little bit they they do in the press he had 500 million so I would call him a hundred millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> Multi hundred millionaire. Yeah. Maybe. You know what? I'm, I'm fine with rounding up. Billionaire. So. Yeah. What's the difference? Hugh Hurwitz has been reassigned uh, amid mounting evidence that the guards at the chronically understaffed Metropolitan Correctional Center in New York abdicated their responsibility to keep the 66 year old from killing himself while awaiting trial on charges of sexually abusing teenage girls. So I don't understand what it is that this guy had to do with this specific case. Uh, he was just in charge. He wasn't in charge of that prison, though. He was just, he's just the guy that, that's like, you know, firing the secretary of energy for like an electric company, like overcharging people. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, he was also acting in that, in that position too. He wasn't the official guy. I guess they just hadn't replaced the last guy. Yeah. So he's just like kind of filling the boots in and just happened yeah. to be there. Makes him a lot less responsible if you uh, ask me. Really? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, while we're talking about this, um, they came out today and said that the footage going to Epstein's cell mm-hmm. is quote-unquote unusable. 
<laughs> Gee, I wonder why. I don't know. I wish uh, I wish we could get a sample of that and yeah. see what the fuck people are talking about. I wish they could explain what it makes it unusable, you know? Maybe maybe because it shows the killer's face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, we can't use this one. <laughs> yeah. We've got Hillary Clinton in a ski mask. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, I don't know, man. This shit's so kinky. Yeah. would be the word i would use it's not even they're not even doing a good job anymore that's what's... no i mean what happened to the good old days when cover-ups you had to dig for it you know yeah <laughs> it I mean, wasn't just a flimsy excuse that technology wasn't working this is like season nine of a tv show where they just kind of don't yeah, care anymore yeah you know? exactly yeah you're like screw it yeah eh, we'll let the intern write this episode <laughs> we're all gonna drown anyway it doesn't matter yeah whatever we're gonna suffocate yep so yeah. So yeah, this guy's out of his uh, acting position. Yeah, Hugh Hurwitz is gonna go write his book now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so strange. What was his? What was his fucking? Uh, what was he doing before this? Um, you know, I really don't know. It doesn't say anything about that. So he was the warden. Wait, where? No, uh, that's that's not accurate. Oh no, that's uh, yeah, Lamine. Yeah. Ndaye. Yeah. Ndaye. Yeah. Uh, this is a. Let's see. Uh, yeah, this is the person that was the warden. He was reassigned, and the two guards are like placed on administrative leave. So they're gonna like you know fall on two bullets and call it a suicide. But one bullet, two heads. Yeah. So yeah. Hmm. That's that, that's apparently that that's how they're buttoning this thing up. It's fucking flimsy, man. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty so bad. flimsy. Let's see. Uh, yeah, he used to this this Hurwitz guy. He used to work for the Food and Drug Administration, the Education Department. He worked for uh, NASA's Office of Inspector General. He's just like a, <laughs> he's just a middle management, like, G-man. So, <clears throat> he's been in completely incorruptible agencies. <laughs> the FDA, <laughs> the education department. <clears throat> yeah. Ridiculous. Like, the paycheck he draws, like, from actually working for the government is probably menial compared to all the kickbacks. <laughs> oh, appointed by uh, Jeff Sessions in 2018. Yeah. yeah. That, doesn't, that doesn't surprise me. Huh. Anyway, I've never met a good person that smokes marijuana. <laughs> that guy. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, so I think, I think we know what's coming next. Yeah. Okay. okay so let's let's frame this thing up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be Joe Gamaldi's job. Uh, so Joe Gamaldi, we're uh, to set things up. Um, that shootout that uh that happened in Houston that killed an innocent couple. Yeah um based on a bad drug tip yeah killed by a corrupt squad of uh goon detectives yeah. this guy we're about to uh talk about completely defended them defended the cops and basically said look out scumbags we're coming for you yeah and we're pretty we're- much calling the innocent couple that got murdered uh scumbags mm-hmm. and you know saying that he was really tired of like the climate wherein police officers can be you know disparaged you know for doing their jobs meanwhile yeah they were uh not doing their well maybe they were doing their jobs and <laughs> killing innocent people uh they, they, were, they were certainly performing a drug raid and that, yeah that's they were protecting and serving someone someone <laughs> somewhere so this sure. this guy uh joe gamaldi he was the you know acting director of the houston police officers union he's now being elected vice president of the fraternal order of police which is the national governing body of the police officers union right so look for him in your national news uh defending yeah. corrupt and uh you know killer cops killer cops yeah you know, cops that beat their wives yeah. 
All kinds of good stuff. Yeah, so let's see. Uh, and he does not shy away from a camera yeah. either. Yeah. So that's pretty much how he got his position. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he took the stage uh, at the Praetorian Order of Police Convention, which was in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, after kind of doing his little pleasantry, hello, thank you bit, he says, We will push back on the things attacking us for the last five years, and we will be a new bold voice in law enforcement in this country. I think he's talking about Black Lives Matter. Uh, <laughs> you don't hear much about Black Lives Matter anymore. Uh, you really don't, but you... Is that on purpose? I, I, I feel like the, the cultural impact is still there you know the the attitude on police in this country has definitely changed Mm -hmm. you know since we've gotten all these videos of cops murdering people right unarmed people yeah choking them to death and shooting them and yeah i think there's uh been a decline in footage lately after all that happened it doesn't mean it doesn't happen oh it's it's still possible on twitter all the time it happens at night when uh cell phone cameras don't work all that great yeah and now that all the body cameras are, you know, somehow malfunctioning, you know, yeah. <laughs> man, where's Elon Musk solving that problem? I don't know. <laughs> Joe Gamaldi, look for him. Joe Gamaldi, scumbag in chief. Beware. Yeah. If J- Joe Gamaldi is the herald of uh, police corruption on television. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Actually, update uh, on the shooting. Uh, Gerald Goins, the you know the officer that was in charge of that whole raid. Yeah. Uh, He's now being prosecuted for a uh, double homicide. Mm-hmm. And uh, as of this week, the uh, Fraternal Order of Police lawyers are no longer defending him. Oh, interesting. So the other two officers that are being impl- implicated in the shooting, they still have, you know, union representation. But Goins does not. So it's looking like he's going to take the hit. Man. Which he should. <laughs> he's the one who orchestrated the whole thing. Well, after the trial's over... Somebody needs to come out and say exactly what happened because nobody has done that yet. Yeah. I mean, there have been, I think, two independent investigations, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, one for the civil suit and another, um, I forget who the other, I think it was a, a government agency that did it. Hmm. But, yeah, we need to know. We need something to fucking set this right in the public eye because... You know, nobody has. Yeah, no one has any faith in the police right now because of this. <laughs> well, it, it certainly damaged their credibility. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's this specifically. But, no. Uh, I don't even know if Houston even remembers that this happened. I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. What else we got? Okay, this is yours. I'm gonna let you take in the lead on this because this is like some you know above top secret message board craziness. Yeah. From the vault. Um. So what? What year was this? In the 70s, a patch of skin <clears throat> with unusual hair was attached, mm-hmm. uh, was sent to the FBI, um, and nothing was ever released until a FOIA report was released uh, recently. And if you can go to that link, oh. there we go. The FBI actually sent the skin to a laboratory, and it was... <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, baby! Bigfoot! <laughs> The FBI has a report with a picture of, like, the Patterson-Gimlin footage. <laughs> Strange, huh? Yeah. Uh, it's not a smoking gun, but just the... No. They, <laughs> they did an investigation. There's there's 22 pages of this report. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, they're, they have these... Oh, wow. The New York Times has a story about <laughs> whether or not this might be Bigfoot. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, like, photocopied 
news articles, but yeah, they're, 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 <laughs> I, I feel like this just says that the FBI investigated a Bigfoot case. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Which is enough. That's, that's pretty funny. It's, that's it's funny. Interesting. <laughs> imagine that. Imagine going to work that day. Yeah. And you, you this, to, this is the file that's you on your, your desk. You go to your desk. There's a box. <laughs> you open the box, take out a Ziploc bag, look at it. It's a patch of skin with <laughs> fucking hair growing out of it. You read the note. It says, we think this is Bigfoot. Yeah. From the Bigfoot Information Center. <laughs> and Exhibition. I guess they have a Bigfoot museum as well. <laughs> Not the FBI, but no, the, that's who the that's the, who requested. Yeah, the people who sent this sample in. Right, and uh, yeah, they were unable to identify what it might be. Right, so they cross reference it with you know their own physical samples that they have at the FBI, and it couldn't be identified. Yeah, so it's a non-story except for the FBI research this and try to identify it how is bigfoot not like number one on the fbi's most wanted list after this <laughs> how is there not a picture of bigfoot in every post office in this country no man <laughs> pretty strange i think we'll uh we'll put that in the vault yeah i think we need to follow up on this a little more yeah okay what is this uh, time traveling brothers reveal what the distant future will be like Okay, so this story is pretty fucking amazing. Um, scroll down a little bit more to where there's an article I can read. <laughs> Here, you, you want to know what the freaky thing about this is? Yeah, the Impossible the Whopper. The Impossible Whopper yeah, ad? Yeah, <laughs> on top of the picture of these guys. It's just, okay, so this is actually uh, this is ac- this actually has to do about the Montauk Project, which is strange in itself because you know how we ran into uh, last podcast on the left? Yeah. Well... Uh, Tinfoil Hat podcast mm-hmm. covered the Montauk project on their last episode. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, had we done this last week, yeah. uh, we could have talked about this first. Um, but yeah, these two guys supposedly were on board the the ship mm-hmm. that they tried to make disappear in uh, 1943, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's 43 in Long Island. So they used like Tesla technology to make this to try to make this boat invisible. Uh, it was a process called degaussing mm-hmm. um, or degaussing, maybe. But supposedly the ship disappeared. I mean, this this kind of sounds like the Philadelphia yeah, experiment. A yes, little bit. yes. Uh, actually, I think it was a Philadelphia. It was called the Philadelphia experiment. Okay, but it happened in uh, off the coast of Montauk. Okay, Island. okay. Right. Um, Where they like make they were trying to make that entire ship disappear and yeah. Right, and I think that's fucking creepy. Yeah. This robot blinking at us. Yeah. Um, so supposedly this uh the ship traveled into another through a a portal or showed up in the future somehow. Yeah, it showed up in the year twenty one thirty seven. Uh, everybody on board was panicking because they didn't know. You know, I don't know if they <laughs> they even knew what was about to happen, but uh. Supposedly they jumped ship, uh, these two guys, and they ended up, I think, in the 80s or, yeah, something like that. No, it was farther than the 80s. They jumped ship, they landed, uh, they supposedly traveled into the very distant future. 2137. Yeah, whenever they arrived, uh, they spent six weeks aboard, like, they spent six weeks in a futuristic hospital recovering from radiation poisoning. There was no human medical staff there, it was all, like, robots. Um, They were undergoing bizarre medical treatments that were, like, light and vibration you know, kind of like cat scans or whatever. Yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, they were in a like a room with a bunch of televisions on the wall that 
you know, we're kind of displaying like educational stuff as to what had happened, you know, since, you know, whatever period of time had passed. Uh, they learned that the United States has been basically chopped up due to climate change. Uh, yeah, Houston's gone. <laughs> so is Florida. All right. Yeah, most of the East Coast has been pretty well absorbed. South America's underwater. Yeah. Large chunks of South America are underwater. Uh, uh, the Earth's magnetic poles had shifted. Uh, I guess they, you know, that an artificial pole structure had been developed to prevent the collapse and reversal of the northern, northern and southern poles. But you know, let's see, global war had broken out. The Russians had gone to war with China. The United States was involved in a de- devastating conflict with several European countries. Uh, a bunch of cities were destroyed. Infrastructures collapsed. Doesn't sound great. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Not sure this when. is super tinfoil, though. Um, yeah, yeah. This is about as tinfoil as this, it gets. Is, uh, this is time some, travel, and <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's not completely unbelievable. I mean, the future they describe mm. is not unbelievable. Just the story itself is pretty, pretty out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess they were in hospital bed for six weeks. Uh, Al claimed that he had inexplicably left his brother behind and traveled to the year twenty seven forty nine, where he remained for two years. Uh, he described the living in great floating cities that could move across the earth. Um, he mentioned that everything was controlled by a synthetic intelligence computer system that ran the entire world. No form of government existed and a huge floating computer structure communicated with people telepathically. Ah. Hmm. What was that? It's a uh, hot rod. <laughs> okay. Maybe. Yeah. So society was further completely socialistic. Uh, every single living person had their basic needs for survival taken care of. And eventually somehow he managed to get back to rejoin his brother in 2137. Uh, picked up his brother in the hospital, uh, and then somehow they managed to return through the wormhole, you know, back to 1943. Um, yeah, the, it was several years before they were able to present their stories because they had amnesia from the entire encounter, but I guess they were able to recall it. Uh, they're saying in the 80s is whenever all that started kind of coming back to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, While entertaining, they were naturally met with a great deal of skepticism. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Uh, a lot of people say it was a hoax, obviously, as well, sane people should. Yeah. But, yeah. The Montauk Project. Uh, yeah, pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Pretty weird. Look it up for yourselves. Okay, so let me <laughs> let me explain this. Uh, Here's a mouse. You should drive on this. Huh? Because I, I don't know anything about this. Oh, there's nothing to know, really. I just... Oh. Uh, okay, so me and Jess were watching Dexter, and it's the seventh season, and it's about this, uh, this couple of of dudes that think that their murders will bring about the end of the world okay uh highly entertaining season uh, next season i believe it's about to shit the bed but it's been <laughs> a long time since i saw it so yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna completely call bullshit on it anyway so one of the killers has this website uh i guess it's kind of a blog but it, it uh it's real like web point 1.0 yeah where it's like, you know, a guy that knows HTML mm. created this website and it and it's uh it's a big banner at the top and it has his picture on it, but it says like uh the end is near or something like that. Wow. So uh I was like, damn, that's fucking old school. Mm. And it made me rem- it reminded me of all these uh like web 1.0 yeah. shitty websites old that are GeoCities that are like, <laughs> you know, really out there uh talking about ufos angels uh the end of the world Mm -hmm. and you don't see that kind of shit anymore you know where those people are youtube yes they're all on youtube now 
Yeah, but Gale Ann Cord. Look up Gale Ann Cord. It's different. It's different uh, because it's been corrupted by a different kind of. It's been corrupted by an attainable greed mm-hmm. because you know there's this whole ecosystem of people making money uh, off stuff like that. When it used to be, you know, you had to write a book, get on Art Bell's show, yeah, <laughs> freak people out. Uh, answer weird fucking people's questions at two in the morning. Right. And, you know, do the tour, the, the book tour of all these, uh, angelic UFO meetup groups. Yeah. And that's how you made your, your way in life. So I was reminded of all that. Mm -hmm. And so I went on a little search and I found Trisha McMahon.com and it reminded me of like, that web point this is a little nicer but it yeah. still has that same kind of feel uh so trish mcmahon.com please uh if you can flood her website with traffic because <laughs> shut it down that would be insane <laughs> for her uh clicks to go up because of this episode <laughs> do it at work do it at home send it to your family <laughs> So basically, it's talking about UFOs and angels. Uh, let's see what blo- what lies beneath us and what lies before us is a little value beside what lies within us. Okay, so it's automatically incoherent thought. Yeah, um, it's just really interesting. <laughs> I didn't really uh, look at this all too much because I just wanted to to bring it up as you know, like a throwback to real tinfoil hat shit, like. This is not accepted by yeah really the majority of uh, conspiracy theory people right. or even UFO people. For UFO people, it's out there. Yeah, when you start talking about angels, people get uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, there. I would say out of all the UFO people in the world, there might be three percent that think that aliens are actually demons. Yeah, and they're trying to corrupt your brain uh, or your soul and. Uh, this is kind of part of that, I think. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, Trish, what is it? McCannon. Trisha McCannon.com. M-C-C-A-N-N-O-N. Pretty weird. So I kept on my search, and let's see. Where's the other it's one? It's right here. Uh, it's right next to that article. This one. Yeah. Uh, so it reminded me of this uh, crazy, this is like real fucking deep tinfoil uh, it's called the India Times Post, <laughs> and it is not to be overlooked if you're into some crazy shit. Uh, yeah, they, they've kind of been bringing the heat lately. India Times Post? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this story says, Angelic UFO leads fleet of alien spaceships in NASA sun pictures. Shock claim. <laughs> uh, it's really, um, it's kind of like the Inquirer yeah. a little bit. Like, it has that feel to it, um, but yeah, you should definitely check it out, because it's, it's pretty fucking nuts, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this, this picture is, uh, it's like this, this UFO that, like, it looks like a person, it looks like when Elvis wore his cape, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or, like, one of the Silver Hawks, you remember yeah, that? Yeah, or Ric Flair. Yeah, Ric Flair. Yeah. Yeah. Like, kind of gliding through the sky, <laughs> and there's a bunch of smaller <laughs> things behind him that are, like... I guess he's like the idea is that this big thing is kind of clear in the way for these smaller things to come through. Yeah, it's it's pretty weird. Yeah, it's pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, these people. I guess it was uh, NASA was like shooting some images of the sun, and 
these weird anomalies popped up and yeah the conspiracy people kind of said angels <laughs> it was spotted traveling near to the sun which would mean it boasts technology strong enough to withstand 15 million degrees celsius temperatures at the core of our solar system star yeah it's not very well written in english no it's really not it's kind of broken but you get the idea yeah, they, they bring a lot of weird stuff, though. I, I, I like these guys. Yeah. These, these they got a lot to offer us, that's for sure. For sure. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much the uh, end of the throwback thing, I think, right? Yeah, that's it. That's all we got yeah. on the, the old school UFO stuff. Pretty interesting. What else we got? Well, bringing it back to the real world. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Dairy Queen clarifies that it does not sell human flesh burgers. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> I want to taste comparison. Okay, so I guess Dairy Queen had to get on Twitter the other day because uh, there was a conspiracy theory going around that was inspired by the raid of a, one of their local restaurants in Greenwood, South Carolina, that uh, federal and supposedly federal agents, uh, you know, swarmed this restaurant. And the rumor that was going around was that they were selling human meat inside of a burger because I guess this guy uh, let's had see. to get rid of the body. <laughs> he grounded into Chuck. And sold it to this uh, Dairy yeah. Queen. Th- there was a complete a complaint. Why do you think Dairy Queen's uh, so expensive? <laughs> you would think it would taste better. Supposedly it tastes like pork, but who knows? They yeah. could mix it in with beef, I guess. I guess you could, but I don't know. But yeah, so the FBI had a uh, raid had to do with unlicensed money transferring that was happening behind the scenes. Basically, this Dairy Queen was a, cr- a front for money laundering. So yeah. that's why the FBI was raiding it. But I don't know. People saw FBI agents going in and... You know, wheels got turning, and now people are, you know, assuming that there are there was human flesh, which the, there's no information or evidence as to how they, you know, even got to that claim in the first place. What a weird rumor to start, though. Yeah, but that's such a. If nor- there was nothing to it, yeah, and you just randomly said, "Oh, it's because they were selling human meat," like that's some shit you hear on the school bus in fourth grade. Yes, you know. Yes, like that. That's not even a good thing. That's to not start. even dog or cat. Like something no. that would be, you know. Feasible. Somewhat probable, you yeah. know? Yep. But human meat? So, I don't know. <laughs> so, so, yeah, apparently the, the rumor got so out of control that, you know, Dairy Queen had to public, publicly announce that they were selling 100% beef hamburgers. Why would you even acknowledge that as a question? Right. You know? I, I would have never heard about that, you know, had they not specifically had to acknowledge claims of cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. All right. If, if you're feeling like going to Dairy Queen, dig in. I like Dairy Queen. Yeah, I like it every now and then. You know, I don't, I don't Ski. go looking for it, but whenever I think about it, I'm like, yeah, it's all right, pretty satisfying. So, <laughs> this is a sci-fi thriller in the making. <laughs> the fir- not really, yeah, it's more like stalker behavior. It's like a, a sci-fi procedural. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first alleged crime committed in space raises questions about the jurisdiction in orbit. Um, yeah, NASA- yeah, it's like committing a crime in international waters. Yeah. Like, times a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> You're not even on Earth. So NASA is currently investigating what could be considered the first crime perpetrated in space after one of the agency's astronauts was accused of illegally accessing her wife's bank account during her stay on the International Space Station. Uh, investigators have yet to decide if the event actually constitutes a crime, but this case does raise questions about how we should handle criminal activity in space in the future. It's odd they said wife because I've, I've read estranged wife. Yeah, they, they're 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 going through hard times, but I think they're still legally married. Um, so what's the crime? Well, she was uh, like accessing like her wife's bank accounts and stuff without permission and stuff like that, mm. like under, under basically identity theft is what she's you know doing. 
And Strange. What a boring dystopia we live in. <laughs> you know, this is the most boring version of Blade Runner. Yeah. It's it's not even, you know. I want, uh, well, no, I don't. Never mind. It's not even Children of Men, which yeah. is about as mundane as it gets. I was expecting Terminator by now. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was supposed to be. Uh, thank God, because my knees would not fucking hold up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Run, running from uh, endoskeletons with laser cannons. It'd just be another skull on the pile, man. That's exactly right. Okay, so I guess the question that they're having right now as to whether or not, like, who has jurisdiction over this crime? Uh, let's see. For the last 50 years, the majority of people who have flown to space have been representatives of their nation's governments. And, uh, you know, typically, they've, they've never had to encounter this before. So they're trying to figure out who has, I mean, like, no nation is supposed to have any sovereignty over space. But, you know, there's private companies that are looking to send people into space. And they're, I guess they're trying to determine whether or not, like, what the jurisdiction is, mm-hmm. you know. Remember when that ex-NASA astronaut uh, put on a diaper, drove across country, yeah, and then I think ran over her boyfriend? Yeah, she, Is that she, what happened? She, she was like going to like kidnap uh, her boyfriend's wife or something. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was like this whole crazy thing. NASA astronauts are supposed to be the best of the best, like our best and brightest. Yeah. But they're still fucking Americans, man. They're, they're still people. <laughs> you can't... <laughs> You can take the American into space, but you can't take yeah can't, can't take the American, American out of the American. <laughs> <laughs> can't blow the America out of the door, the airlock, man. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Yep. Okay. What so, is this lady's name? Let's uh, let's dead name her. <laughs> come on. I don't know. Yeah, her her name Jessica. Go ahead. Her NASA astronaut Anne McLean. I see Sarah McLean. Yeah, this. Uh, her wife's name is Summer Warden. She accused her accused her wife of accessing her bank account. Solar Warden? Just kidding. Summer Warden. Yeah. Accused her of accessing her account without her permission on the ISS while uh, she was living there for six months. Uh, McLean claims that the it was a routine occurrence that made sure that they had enough money to pay their bills. Um, yeah. Uh, besides the fact that the, the that this happened to happen while she was in space, they're trying to you know say that it's entirely a U.S. issue covered entirely by U.S. law. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Um, typically, uh, agencies have a jurisdiction. Yeah, you but, know, but they're both U.S. citizens, so they're trying to like say that it's covered by American law. So I don't know, but the crime itself happened in space, right? So yeah, yeah if uh, let's say, I mean, I guess, I guess the FBI would be involved. I mean, maybe. I mean, in the military, well, the military. Okay, the, you- vi- the victim is in the U.S. Yeah. So okay. I, I get it now. Yeah. yeah. But in the military, if you commit a crime, you're tried by like a military court. Mm-hmm. So I, I think if you commit a crime that's in, vo- in violation of the Uniform Code of Military Justice, you're, it's under that. So I don't know if NASA has an equivalent or I don't know. Maybe it would be the FBI. I don't know. This is difficult. And they were on the International Space Station. Yeah, they were on the International Space Station. So it's international space. <laughs> so hmm. it's a tricky one. Yeah, we'll have to think about this. Gonna have to follow up. Next. <laughs> Okay, Justice Department looking at allied CIA... Alleged. Alleged. Why does he... I don't know. Alleged CIA ties to a commune. Okay, so I forget where this was brought up, but the the CIA owned a company called Future Enterprises Incorporated. Okay. Uh, They were supposed to do computer training in the 80s. Um, It was a... uh, If you go down... Okay, so the CIA they sent employees to this company called Future Enterprises, which was a computer entertaining place, a computer training place from the eighties. Um, supposedly, it was being run by this cult, and 
the CIA said that they didn't know about it, but yeah. there was this uh, cult called the Finders, mm-hmm. uh, somehow associated with it. Yeah. And it's really weird. Like the the there, there was an IRS uh, employee involved. Um, yeah, who was a member of the cult. Right. <laughs> okay, so I guess the, uh, they were accused of child... Like, this cult was accused of child abuse, and, you know, there were members that were, you know spent some time in jail right. before the judge dismissed the charges. Uh, they were a cult that, you know, was accused of... Oh, well, they were... They, it was said that they were might be pr- practicing satanic rituals, child abuse, and pornography. But the former District of Columbia Police Chief, Maurice Turner, said the department found no evidence of criminal wrongdoing. Hmm. Sounds like somebody got to the uh, police chief. Yeah. Uh, the CIA working with pedophiles? What? No. <laughs> so there was a newspaper that investigated everything. I think it was the Washington Times. Mm-hmm. And they they interviewed someone from the CIA that would know something about it. And uh, the CIA agent uh, confirmed that the agency was uh, sing- sending its people to a finders corporation uh, future enterprises for training in computer operations. Um, and he also admitted to, you know, the CIA admitted to owning the Finders organization as a front for domestic computer training, uh, but it, that it had gone bad. So <laughs> so the CIA was running the cult and the company? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Basically, well, it sounds like the shell companies got one too deep than the yeah. CIA had had control over and uh it kind of got away with uh and then cult started culting and yeah 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 (laughs) and now the cia is like trying to disown them (laughs) yeah so you know it bothers me when people say that conspiracies aren't real because this shit happens all the fucking time you get you know a couple people together that are like a bad mix (laughs) and uh you know maybe they're getting funding from somewhere and uh maybe that they're not being checked on Mm. and you know shit goes south (laughs) and people don't believe that that can happen it when obviously time after time it does doesn't cia only have like a 10 percent success rate or something like that like it's really low i I think they're just agents of chaos i don't even think they fucking have goals anymore not much crime fighting happening anymore <laughs> no definitely not what else we got okay yeah you got to take the lead on this one oh, so this is another one of those uh websites i was talking about yeah um, this, this is definitely a lot more what you were talking about this is called can you read tldm.org so go to that website check it out it's fucking amazing yeah it's it's throwback tuesday yeah this, and uh, this, this is like christianity ufo it's like almost craziness. as old it's almost as old as lonestarbuttons.com <laughs> <laughs> but uh they use the same web designer <laughs> yeah i think adam jones uh designed this um so we'll just take the first story and we'll read you an excerpt uh ufos part of the great end times deception And it says, quote, in this final battle, there are many agents of hell loosed upon the earth. They are traveling in transports. Do not be won over to a false theory of life beyond the heavens other than the kingdom of God. Uh, Know that it is Satan who sends these vehicles before you. They are to confuse and confound you. These objects that take flight across you, your earth, are from hell. 
They are only the false miracles of your times. Um, who said that? Our Our Lady of the Roses, December yeah. 1973. Yeah, the, this is this is their. Uh, I guess this is like some sort of like zine or something. <laughs> Man, I would love to get my hands on a zine like that. Yeah, they are. Few and far yeah, between. Yeah, they're few and far between these days, man. Yeah. We it, should make one. <laughs> everybody's just doing, you know, vegan cookbooks and witchcraft yeah. nowadays. Yeah. We need we need more like Catholic UFO UFO mythology. Yes. We need more scary fucking people uh at Zine Fest, yeah. that's for sure. It's gotta get weirder. Yeah. Hmm. That just gives me an idea. <laughs> I think the uh Maybe the SSS should make an appearance at next year's Zine Fest. Oh, throwback, episode four. <laughs> <laughs> we could uh, finally make those robes we were yeah. dreaming up. Yeah, it's time to start our religion, man. Yeah, we'll we'll take uh, all of our material from this website. <sighs> next qu- Next story, Brennan. Ah, uh, Florida man. <laughs> I love Florida man. Yeah, He comes in so many different sizes and shapes and colors. They're also different, yet all exactly the same. Yeah. So, Florida man charged with performing castration at home. Uh, Without a license. Yeah. (laughs) Authorities say a man has been charged with performing a castration on another man that he met on a eunuch fetish website. Wow. Uh, The Highland County Sheriff's Office posted on social media that the 74-year-old, his name is Gary Van Riswick, and he was arrested with and charged with practicing medicine without a license. Yep. Um, I guess they responded to a 911 call where uh, he led them to a room where there was a man found with a towel over his bleeding groin. Uh, <laughs> the victim was taken to the hospital and listed in stable condition. Uh, Van Reswick told investigators that he had performed similar performed a similar procedure at a local motel several years ago, and that man had gone to the hospital without calling police. Uh, Van Riswick was held on $250,000 bond and the jail records did not list an attorney. So, so you can just do that to somebody. I mean, yeah. Cause I mean, if it's, if it's mutual, you know, th- this guy met him on a eunuch fetish website. He wanted this man to chop his penis off and, or I don't know, I guess it's testicles cause it's castration. He's, he's really, yeah. Yeah. So he still has his penis. But, yeah. And the only thing they could charge him with was practicing medicine without a license. That's crazy, man. But I mean, is this it, is America, goddamn it. Is it really practicing medicine? <laughs> no. Well, I think this guy had uh, he had experience doing it to animals, and he said he'd never had a problem. Hmm. Well, he'd done it to another man as well. Yeah. And that guy just went to the hospital and didn't report him or whatever. Right. Because he knows how to not, how to keep his mouth shut. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> man, can you? Imagine? I can't identify with, <laughs> with the scene. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. I mean, look, everybody's got their kinks, and we're not here to kink shame by any stretch of the imagination. Nope. But I wouldn't let this guy cut my balls off. Look at him. It's, uh, yeah, he doesn't look like he has very steady hands. No, he looks like he's just, he's covered with, like, a, he looks like he has a rash. He has a rash all over his head. Yeah. You know? If, if you Psoriasis. Can't, if you can't take care of your rash, you know, you can't take care of my junk. Yeah. Plus, you don't want any of that hair, that silver fox hair. Yeah. Falling into your open wound. Oof. Yeah. You know, he hasn't washed it recently. Yeah, I it's doubt great. he wore a mask. No. And those glasses, I mean, he could barely see, it looks like. Mm-hmm. He's squinting to look at uh, <laughs> the cop in front of him. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's not uh, It's not looking good for that guy. No. Uh, I mean, w- um, practicing medicine without... They cut a man's balls off. And, that's... and he's not even methed up. He's kind of giving Florida a bad look. Yeah. 
He's sober. This guy is stone sober when he's doing this, which yeah. I guess you probably need a pretty steady hand to do DIY surgery on a man's testicles. But. Yeah. Well, now that, you know, now that you say DIY, it's kind of like, yeah, it's whatever, whatever. <laughs> you just didn't fill out, fill out the appropriate paperwork. Yeah. You know, he's just there with his exacto knife and his glue stick. <laughs> mm. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's stay out of Florida. Yeah. Stay out of Florida. Although me and, uh, just the babe really want to go to florida <laughs> of course. really want to visit miami i i really i still stand by the fact that we need to do like a weird florida road trip but uh i don't know <laughs> I, I i think that that's a good special episode for the for the show look at this uh more florida headlines florida man says gun stolen from home during orgy <laughs> yeah florida man blames horse for breaking into home <laughs> God, what what drugs are these people doing, man? All of them. I mean, all of them is the answer. They're on some like weird research chemical shit. I don't even know. Yeah. All right. Next story. We got uh, that is looks it. like one more, right? No, that's it for the news. Oh, okay. What else we got? Friend questions. Friend questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Instagram user Stacy Does It Better asks. Why are guys such haters on stuff women do to their bodies, like Botox, fake tanner, eyelashes, extensions, etc.? It's almost always guys who have such a strong opinion. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening to your question, Stacy. Um... <laughs> oh, come on, Gabe. Come on. Do better. Uh, do better. Do better. Uh, Botox, etc. Um, probably because secretly every guy wants plastic surgery, but it's not manly. So they can't do it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, I think there's definitely a stigma on like men wanting to be attractive in any way, you know? So yeah, there, there's probably like a little bit of hostility whenever we see that like, you know, you know, women are able to do these things or I, I saw like an interesting, uh, what was it? It was an article or something like where, uh, someone was trying to figure out why like men don't do like, like sexy photo shoots or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just because like, you know, like masculine attractiveness is like not thought of as like a thing that men should desire, you know? Yeah. So maybe that's where some of that hostility is coming from. I think it's personally, I think it's fine. Whatever a woman wants to do to make herself feel more attractive. I say, go for it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that that's, it's probably has to be some sort of deep ingrained hostility on men's part. Cause they, we just want to be pretty too. That shit's gay, bro. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah, know what it is. We're, we're very repressed, man. And it's not right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, Probably mostly what it is. Yeah, I think we all need to take our shirts off and gyrate on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Pixel Sapien asks, other than pure viewing pleasure in this instance, what is the purpose of male nipples? <laughs> well, Pixel Sapien, have you ever pinched your tits while you're busting nuts? <laughs> it feels fantastic. Oh, man, you haven't lived. What do you got, friend? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Jessica Joy asks... What food could you mukbang if you absolutely have to? Do you know what that is? Mukbang? Yeah. Uh, I assume fucking food or something. No, it, it, it's there. It's like this thing. I guess it's like it's primarily like an Asian thing where people kind of make uh, videos of themselves on the internet. And they're they're kind of like those ASMR videos, you uh-huh. know. But they're people eating huge quantities of food. Oh, like wow. it's just, there's just like a buffet laid out before them, and it's just one person with a camera like a really like hot mic and they're just eating food and you could just hear them eating yeah yeah i've and, seen those videos yeah people are super into it it's like it's huge in asia and like you know nerds here are into it as well yeah so what what would be the thing 
that you could do or that you would do if you had to? If I had to? Yeah. I don't understand like the parameters of, I mean, it, it just has to be, you just like, have to be making very quiet noises and it, have them amplified. It has to be like you eating a food that's very responsive to sound. Hmm. Like that, that would make for a good video. Maybe something that was hard plastic. <laughs> you just have a video of you eating action figures? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to eat it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you could just chew them up and spit them out. That might be yeah. even more. That might be this whole other thing. I wish know? I had something in here that was clean that I could do it in the microphone. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. Hmm. All right. Ready? Okay. Yeah. We, we, we've got something we're going to eat here. You want to go first? Yeah. Sure. All right. Ah. Uh, uh, it's not really our here. Uh, yeah, plastic doesn't really work. I think you're terrible at this, Brennan. I, well, I mean, there, there's no, like, it's plastic. There's no, this yeah. is, it's not a, you go for it. You Let try. me show you. Hold you on. Try. Show me. <laughs> I think you've done this before. I've never done this before. It was really weird. Yeah. I wish I had brushed my teeth before. Before <laughs> you started chewing on something plastic? Yeah. yeah probably not. All right. Well, there you go. So, yeah. Well, my answer, I think, would be just to go to, like, a, a Chinese buffet, buffet, like, right when it opens. So it's just all laid out, and it's all fresh, and it looks really good on camera. Fresh Chinese food. Okay. Yeah, fresh Chinese I've buffet. I've yet to ever have fresh Chinese <laughs> buffet food, no matter what time you, of the day we went. You got to go there at, like, 10 a.m., <laughs> like, right when they open, because, I mean, after that, it's just diminishing returns. Yeah. Okay. Original Kimmy asks... What's your theory about what happened to Maurice on the later seasons of the Highlander series on USA? You want me to take this one, Brennan? That's a deep cut. I don't know this. Uh, Maurice was the, uh, I think he was kind of a chef. Okay. French chef on the uh, Highlander series. Yeah. But, you know, my theory about what happened is there can be only one. (laughs) So either he's just chilling uh, wherever that episode took place or wherever i think it was france maybe um probably not i just don't remember uh but yeah if mcleod wasn't there he's probably dead (laughs) okay so like in the context of the show was he also one of the highlanders like the he was an immortal yeah the immortals yeah Mm -hmm. yeah okay so this guy didn't die so there's always going to be two is that um well they were always trying to kill each other so i think while he was on the show, McLeod kind of covered for him. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he if he moved on from that uh, that location, which I think he did, mm-hmm. uh, he's probably dead by now, or just hiding out somewhere. Okay. I don't. And I don't, it probably didn't take much of a swordsman to kill that guy. Yeah. I, I'm not sure that I understand the rules of how Highlander works. Highlander. Uh, so like, so like, can you move away and not be involved in that anymore? Or? No, I mean. They're all over the world, right? So that's why I always thought. If you they they run into each other and they they duel and then they duel and then and one loses their head. Yeah, and, uh, that happens and happens and happens over time until there's just two left and then they duel and I think that's called the quickening. Yeah, if I remember correctly, and uh, then they're they are the one. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what the ultimate goal is, but uh, I don't know. Maybe they rule the the universe or some shit like that hmm. okay it's been a while but i did watch the show i remember you watching the show like yeah. whenever we first started hanging out again kara was a big fan of yeah the she show. was very into it i think she still digs that guy <laughs> <laughs> okay jacob berryman asks which farewell tour should have been kiss's last one uh the first one <laughs> yeah 
I don't know. I, I'm not a Kiss guy. I've never been a Kiss guy. No. I I like a couple of their early songs, but I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like with nerds, there's kind of a, there's a Kiss contingency, but I'm just not one of those people, man. I, I've never been a huge Kiss guy. Um, yeah, I, I never really knew anything about them. And my first exposure was this song they made called Psycho Circus. Really? One of the worst fucking songs. That's a bummer. You'll ever hear. Some of that early stuff is pretty good. Well, I mean, of course I've heard it now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know about Kiss, but, uh, you know, (laughs) that being my first foray into Kiss music didn't really do them any favors as far as I'm concerned. It's not a good way in. Nope. Uh, But yeah, they had some hits. Love Gun. Yeah. Good one. I've heard Beth is a good song. (laughs) (laughs) From who? Nobody. Uh, Uh, I heard... uh, Whenever I went to Nancy, not Nancy, I went up to Third Planet the other day. They played uh, "I Was Made for Loving You," their disco song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I, I love. One thing I did love about Kiss is I somehow got a hold of Paul Stanley in between songs live. Yeah, I think where I sent you that. You know, saying some crazy. Yeah, it's like 64 tracks of Paul Stanley stage banner. Yes. It's amazing. It is amazing. It, it, I would say that it's up there with like the Venom Live at City Gardens recording. Yeah. Like for sure. You just... And it's funny, like they never, they they were famous for not drinking and doing drugs. Yeah. Except for, you know, Peter Chris, but and Ace Frehley. <laughs> Ace Frehley too? Ooh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the main guys, uh, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley were just straight edge yeah. i guess i don't know <laughs> they were addicted to money and poontang yep uh what else we got that's okay. all i have um mike juarez asks uh what would a world be like a world without comic books be like what would people even give a shit about mm, a world without comic books people would just be real into greek myths or something <laughs> yeah yeah that makes sense i don't know i think i think people you know life finds a way there, there would be something similar yeah, I mean, that's a good example of comics before comics. Yeah. Like, there's always been the superhuman mm-hmm. in literature, you know? Right. You know? I mean, it's, it's pretty, like... It's where Frankenstein came from, Dracula, yeah. all the all the monster stories. They, right. They were superheroes or antiheroes, maybe, before superheroes mm-hmm. came around. And that's the end of my answer. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Anything? Uh, let me double check real quick, but I think that might be it for our friend questions today. Okay. Wanna do murder mayhem? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, murder and mayhem today is about the movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments of God. Yes. Yeah. Finally. Got a got a good old fashioned cult story, man. It's about damn time. Like a nice <laughs> a nice doomsday cult that hasn't been done to death by like every other thing in the world. And we're gonna beat every pod other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the movement for the restora- restoration of the Ten Commandments of God was a breakaway religious movement from the Roman Catholic Church, a Catholic cult. Yes. Yeah, which, which you don't really see a lot of Catholic Not cults. Not too hard be- hard to believe. Like, well, I mean, most cults you see, they come out of, like, some sort of, like, Protestant, you know, doomsday ideology. You don't see a lot of, like, like Catholicism, they seem, they seem to pretty much stick to the hits, you know? Yeah. They don't, they don't make up a lot of their own stuff. Yeah, it, it kind of uh, brainwashes you into being a basic bitch. 
yeah, it's it's a, it's a very you know it's very meat and potatoes, you know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this this is a Catholic group that was formed by Credonia Moirende, uh Joseph uh, Kibwatiri, and uh, B Tate in Uganda. This is a an African group. So uh, that explains a lot right there. Yeah, that this happened in Africa is I mean completely turns everything 180, and you're not surprised. Yeah. Go for it. Okay, so like the basically the core tenets of their belief was that they wanted to restore, you know, people living by the Ten Commandments, like really, really super hardcore. Like, which is weird. That's very like specifically kind of a Protestant thing, but I don't know. They uh they wanted to like specifically obey the words of Jesus Christ and they were taught to avoid uh damnation in the apocalypse. Uh and they if they wanted to avoid, you know, damnation in the apocalypse, they had to specifically follow the commandments. Uh, you know, it was so, you know, uptight that they made sure that they didn't speak often because uh, they didn't want to like uh, break the ninth commandment. You know, thou shalt not bear false witness to the, against thy thy neighbor. That's one way of doing it. Yeah, they just they didn't speak. Uh, you know, sometimes they were allowed to do sign language, but for the most part, wasn't a lot of speaking going on. Uh, they were fasting. Uh, they fasted a lot. They would only eat like one meal on Fridays and Mondays. Sex was forbidden. So was soap. So yeah, that's just crazy. Yeah, we got a bunch of <laughs> that's a. Uh... That's red alert number one. Bunch of horny people that smell bad. That's, yeah. that's no fun. Pheromones, um, brother. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the, the whole background of this thing is that, uh, like, in Africa in the 80s, there were a lot of religious zealots that popped up. Because, I mean, they were in the middle of, you know, the AIDS pandemic and, you know, Idi Amin was in control. Mm-hmm. There was, like, all these wars taking There's place. There's a lot in- of panic in Africa yeah. in general. I mean, Africa was, like, just getting pummeled by mm-hmm. life in the 80s. It was rough. So, still is in some places. Yeah, it still is. Definitely so. You know, especially if you've got rare earth minerals. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> you know, hope hope you don't have too much attachment to all your limbs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there were a lot of these people that were like starting these hardcore religious movements, trying to you know basically capitalize on people's fear and you know lack of hope in the world. And these guys were basically no different. So. You know, their whole thing was that they were going to get people to follow the Ten Commandments again so that you couldn't be infected by AIDS and, you know, you wouldn't be, you know, I guess, killed by a warlord or whatever. Or if you were killed by a warlord, you would definitely go to heaven. Right. That was kind of the idea. So they started this church. This church actually started in the 60s, but... um, What a great way to start a cult in Africa. I mean, join my cult and you might be safe. Yeah, I mean, like, go to go to people that are hopeless. That's that's safety in numbers. Uh, that, that's the MO, man. That's that's how cults always operate, you know? Yeah, not our cult, but... Uh, yeah, our, our cult is a... It's a egalitarian cult. <laughs> and you get a robe. You get a space robe. Yeah. Anyway, so... Episode four. Episode four. So, yeah, you... Uh, where, where was I at? Uh, yeah, this... You know, during the 80s, you know, obviously panic was going on in Africa. So people started flocking to this group. And eventually uh, the group developed a doomsday vision where they were going to say that the world was going to end December 31st of 1999. Well, uh, you know, as a preparation for, you know, December 31st, 1999, these people sold off all of their possessions. What did they do with the $117? <laughs> well, it, it doesn't say what happens with the money. What did happen with the money uh says they were required to sell their possessions and turn the money over to the movement of course mm-hmm. uh and you know december 31st 1999 comes everybody wakes up january 1st the year 2000 there's no apocalypse people start you know demanding their money back mm-hmm. and uh let's see so rather than give them their money back they're like oh we screwed up 
the actual apocalypse was supposed to happen on March the 17th of 2000. So um, they're saying there's going to be a doomsday event and the end of the world will come with cer- with ceremony and finality. Uh, they held a huge party in a place called Kanugu, Kanungu, where they roasted three bulls and drank 70 crates of soft drinks. Uh, God damn. Yeah, it's a lot of soda, man. Uh, minutes crates. after the- that is Those are pallets. Yeah. 70 pallets. How many people were in this goddamn thing? Uh, I think it was only... It was 530? Like, yeah. Well, 5,000 was like the peak membership, but yeah. yeah, I think by the end, whenever they'd already kind of blown it, uh, it was about 500 people. So, you know, they drank all this soda. Then minutes after they arrived at the party, uh, nearby villagers heard an explosion and the building was gutted with an intense fire that killed all 530 in attendance, including dozens of children. Uh, all the windows and doors of the building had been boarded up to prevent people from leaving. Mm, spontaneous human combustion. Yeah. So it uh, happens. It happens, guys. Obviously, there's a really suspicious fire that a doomsday cult is, you know, around a doomsday cult's events. Uh, they investigated it and they found that, uh, I guess the leader has had bought like 50 liters of sulfuric acid, which was used to start the fire. Jesus. Uh, let's see. I guess uh, there was a second party that was planned for the 18th, I guess, to kind of throw authorities off from the other sin or whatever. And yeah, they went ahead and executed a day early, killed everyone. And the five principal cult leaders were assumed to have died in the fire. Uh, four days after the not church, so fast. Yeah, four <laughs> days after the church fire, police investigated movement properties and discovered hundreds of bodies across Uganda. Six bodies were discovered sealed in a latrine uh, of the compound, as well as 153 in another compound in Bunange, Buhunage. Uh, Buhun, I guess I don't know. I'm, I'm really bad at with my Uganda names. Sorry. And there were a bunch that were found at the leaders of the state. 155 more that had been poisoned, stabbed, and another 81 were found dead at the leader's farm and they'd been all been murdered three weeks before damn so it was like this coordinated yeah just murder mass murder they knew that they could not you know uphold this for much longer you know right so they just killed everyone yeah uh the final death toll was uh 924 people when all was said and done uh they ruled out let's see the police ruled out a cult suicide and said considered it a mass murder conducted by the movement leadership uh, they believe that the failure of the doomsday prophecy led to the re- revolt in the ranks of the sect and the leaders set a new date with a plan to eliminate the followers uh let's see uh ugandan government responded with condemnation uh they called the event a mass murder with uh, uh, by the priests for monetary gain uh they were well orchestrated mass murders perpetrated by a network of bi- diabolic malevolent criminals masquerading as religious people mm-hmm uh, although it was initially assumed that the five leaders died in the fire, police now believe that Joseph Kibwitiri, uh, Credonia Morende were still alive, and they've issued like an international warrant for their arrest. In 2014, it was announced by the Uganda National Police that there were reports that Kibwitiri was hiding in Malawi. But that's the end. That's just where it stops. Damn. They're still crazy. alive. The five people that committed these crimes are still alive. So, go go to the top of this page. Um... Step number one, restoration of the Ten Commandments of God is a clunky-ass name. Yeah, it's, uh, it's way too much to say. Maybe maybe it's just like shorter and whatever. They should have hired a marketing firm to yeah. do their, you know, streamline everything. Yeah. Maybe it wouldn't have, you know, cost a little money up front, yeah, but it, it saves could, you a ton of work in the, in the later years of your cult. They could have bought 10.org. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, you know, could have come up with a nice logo. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's an American way of doing things. Yeah. Africa, you know, 
you might run into some unscrupulous people that want to murder, yeah. you know, a thousand plus people and uh, try and make off with the loot. So watch out, cult people. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> if anyone says they know when the end of the world is, you don't need to be there. Right. Because yeah. eventually it's going to end and it's probably going to end badly for you. Right. Um, it's like, you know, if, if somebody has all the answers, they're probably full of shit. Yes. And, uh, yeah, you don't need a front row seat to Doomsday. No. It's going to happen to us all. And uh, if someone's saying you have to be a part of this cult for your soul to go to heaven, then they're probably selling you a rotten uh, a rotten banana. <laughs> yep. I also read that someone that was strangled, they found banana fibers on their around their neck. Hmm. I'm like, what the fuck could that be? <laughs> I don't know. It's strangled with a banana peel. That's, yeah. that's very specific. That's crazy. Yeah, so movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments. Good one, Brennan. They're still out there. Good one. I like it. Um, I guess that's it for the show, huh? I guess so. We don't got nothing else. Nope. As usual, the show is brought to you by LoneStarButtons.com. Do you need to promote a small business, large business, or maybe a project you're doing, or maybe an event coming up? Well, and you don't got a lot of money, but you want something high quality and interesting to do so. Uh, check out LoneStarButtons.com. Um, it's a Throwback Thursday website, and uh, <laughs> you'll enjoy it. Um, they offer custom buttons in different sizes and shapes. They also do mirrors, magnets, and bottle openers. Um, check them out. Uh, you can call. You can email info at LoneStarButtons.com. Or you can get in touch with the owner, Adam Stimpy Jones, at 281-798-1996. Use the coupon code, I want to suck on your hairy tits, and get some buttons thrown in for free. Also, we're brought to you by Jessica Dieter, agent of insurance. <laughs> Do you live in Texas? Mm-hmm. Do you need home insurance, flood insurance, auto insurance, or renter's insurance? Definitely. Well, whether you not or not, whether if you need any of those things and you want to save money, but you don't want to give up any of the quality of those services, <laughs> uh, get in touch with Jessica Dieter. Um, she will compare apples to apples, and she will look for a better price for you. Uh, you can call her at 281-607-5263, or you can email jessica.dieter, that's D-I-E-T-E-R, at ghfs.net um yeah get and you know what a misconception about insurance is you have to wait until your policy is up you do not have to do that you can get a better deal somewhere else and switch your policy to that place at any time you want it's very easy she'll do it for you and uh that's that brennan you got anything i don't how about our website revengeoftheworld.com yeah uh, you can take part in the show, send us in friend questions or whatever you want to talk about to rotwpodcast at gmail.com. Um, what else? Nothing, right? Yeah. Check out our Instagrams. Uh, Revenge of the World. I will be at Zinefest Houston. Um, I don't have the date in front of me. It's September 7th, right? I believe so. Oh. Saturday, September 7th at the Lawndale Art Center, mm-hmm. 4912 Main Street, Houston, Texas. I will be there with a brand new zine and two posters and some really cool coasters that I made with my wife. And uh, I'll be there blowing lots of money. 
come check it out. Thank you to Mockingbird Network. Uh, go check out MockingbirdNetwork.com. There are a lot of good shows on there, and uh, we're on there too. So, yeah. Oh, also, we's on Stitcher. That's right. We're on Stitcher now. So, Android users and people that just don't want to deal with iTunes. Yeah, go like Stitcher is actually the best way if you want to go back to the uh, the back episodes because like it's just like just a list of everything. It's really easy. And it's like real like user friendly, like great interface. I, I've been listening to just about everything on Stitcher now and it's super rad. So, yeah, do that. Awesome. Uh, we've added to our listenership by doing that. And uh, the next step is YouTube so, and Facebook Live. So if so. you're hearing us on Stitcher. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for listening. Hi. Hi guys. There's a lot of back episodes that you guys missed. So yeah, go check go out episode four. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and all the ones after that are pretty good too. Yeah. There's some pretty we, good ones we, in there. We get a little better. Yeah. We, we, sl- we point. slightly improve. All right. There's, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's strikes and gutters, you know, <laughs> strikes and gutters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'd like to think we hit at least one pin every episode. Yeah. A lot of seven, 10 splits in there. All know? right. Uh, yeah, that's it. Um, generally go fuck someone. Yeah.